Friends, we got a lot, we got a fun day today, all right? And uh, we have uh, five amazing communicators. And, and I want you to know, uh, we do this annually. We do this as much as we can, because as a church, one of, our, man, one of our focuses is that we develop people and we equip leaders. We develop and equip leaders. And uh, it's, it's exciting to see five. It's exciting to see the different five that we have every single time that we do this. But I want you to know, too, uh, that these five, they've been preparing over a month. Man, they have been writing service. They've been practicing. They were on this stage even yesterday practicing. And so we just know that they have been faithful, that they have some due diligence. And so we're just, we honor that. Uh, but also, too, for many of this five, that me- this message has been longer than a month in their hearts. I mean, this has been their life message. This is what the Holy Spirit has been put inside of them for years and years and years. And so do me a favor. You got to a, a, a role to play today, all right? And so our role is we take notes, right? We're going to take some notes. We got our Bibles out. We're going to say amen. We're going to get verbal as well. And because your pastor knows what it's like when it's a little quiet in here, you know? And so make, we're going to say amen when you hear something good in God's word. And uh, we're going to also open up our hearts. Because how many know the word, the, uh, God's word is the living it's active, it's powerful, that the Holy Spirit doesn't make mistakes, that every single one of us, we're here on purpose, for a purpose. Online audience, you happen to be tuning in today for a purpose and on purpose, because by God, there's no accidents, there's no coincidences, there's the Holy Spirit. And so I'm excited to uh, introduce our five as well. And so I'm just going to go ahead and name them off. I don't know if there's a screen, but I'm just going to do it out of order. Elijah Hicks, all right, Leah. Leah Fisher, Lachey, we got Steve, Steve Rose, and we got Jeff Hall. So give it up for our five and five this morning. My goodness. And so they got, they got five minutes, and they got some incredible messages today. And so I believe you're first. So everyone give it up for Elijah Hicks. Hi everyone, I'm Elijah and I am so excited to be here today. Here at Avenue, we are intentionally inclusive. We, as a church, we don't focus on others' past actions or emotions, we focus on what God is doing now. When I think of being intentionally inclusive, the first thing that comes to my mind is love. Loving people under no conditions or expectations of getting love back. But I can't lie, love is hard. Loving is hard. I'm telling you, I have a sister. I know love is hard. Like, I get it. Like, I love you. We share a bathroom. Like, I understand, like, how, how, how hard love can be. But through, through that, through trials, through hardships, God is calling us to love others. A story that comes to mind is the woman at the well. Just for context, Samaritan women and, and Jewish men, they did not speak. For some reason, they had mad beef. Like, they, they were the true definition of love-hate relationship. And, and, and they did not speak. So this woman, she goes out in the middle of the day trying not to come into contact with anyone that would find her unworthy. So, so she goes out to this well, and Jesus intentionally goes to her. Jesus knows her past. Jesus knows what she's done, but he still goes up to that specific well. She was looked down on. She was not respected because of her relationship history because of her gender because of her ethnicity but that did not face Jesus because Jesus saw her need for salvation Jesus was not there to condemn he was there to tell her that behind your mess and behind your mistakes there is still truth and there is still purpose for your life you know it's it's hard because the disciples were like Jesus what are you doing 
Why are you speaking to her? Like, you know what she's done. You, you, you know her past. But that didn't phase Jesus. Jesus didn't see as uncomfortable. He didn't find her unworthy. Because it, it doesn't matter gender. It doesn't matter ethnicity. It doesn't matter where they came from, what they did to you. They are God's children. They deserve to know that Jesus loves them. We can take this story into all of our lives because there is always someone who needs to know about Jesus. And as Christ followers, it is our job to love others so they can see who God really is. Because from the book I'm reading, God is love. He healed the sick. He blessed the hurting. He redeemed life. He gave purpose. That is the God that we serve. And the more that we encourage, the more that we love others, they'll see who God really is. Because church, listen, we cannot grow seeds but we can plant them. And I believe that God has specifically placed us in the workplaces and the schools and the generation that we are in because he's using us to plant seeds. And it's challenging because when we call ourselves Christians, our actions are being watched. We have to be examples everywhere we go because that starts in our communities and our homes. Can I get an amen? And in our workplaces and our schools, it starts there. The reason this is so important is because being intentionally inclusive is not an option. We have to spread the word of God. It doesn't matter where they came from. It doesn't matter what they did to you, what they did to your family, what they did in their past. They are God's children. And the same way that God loves you is the same way that God loves them. And everyone deserves to know the love and the care that Jesus has for them. It's scary speaking out God's truth, I can say that. It is scary, but I'm telling you, saying something is better than saying nothing because we might be someone's only way of finding salvation. You might be someone's only way, so do not be scared to step out and talk about what God has done for your life and done in your life. It doesn't matter how they dress, how they behave. They have a calling to the kingdom. Living in my generation, it's hard. It's hard because nobody wants to hear about Jesus. That's the most unpopular thing to be doing. It's everything opposite of that. It contradicts everything they do. And I'm like, I always ask God, God, what am I doing wrong? Why won't they listen to me, God? Can you fix me? What's wrong with me? But church, listen, we're not here to fix people. We're here to tell people. We're here to tell people our stories and what God has done in our lives. And some days I get up and I'm like, Jesus, like, I want to give up. Nobody's listening. Like, why, why, won't they, why won't they listen to me? Like, I'm trying the best that I can. But even if they won't find salvation in what you tell them, they will find salvation in the future. Because I am telling you, the word of God comes to a point where we cannot ignore it. It gets to a point, it will get to a point in this world and in our life and in our city, globally, that we cannot ignore the word of God. Even if you don't see it now, God is using you to plant seeds inside of people and places that you will not recognize. Because I'm telling you, we serve a God that we cannot understand or fathom. If I can get one thing through today, we need to make pursuing God's love a habit in our lives. Because I believe as a church beyond these walls, in our cities, in our communities, in our homes, in our schools, that we can be intentionally inclusive. Thank you. Well, I think we can, we can all go home now, right? Like, bye guys, that was, oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> oh my goodness, wow. <laughs> well, today I have the incredible honor of talking about disarming shame. Oh my goodness, sorry. I was so excited whenever Pastor Lindsay asked me to talk about this topic specifically. I'm incredibly passionate about this. And I believe with all of my heart that shame is actually illegal in the life of a Christian. 
Let me say that again, because that's a good word, and only a few people over here thought so. Um, Shame is illegal in the life of a Christian. (laughs) And man, I wish I could just sit here for the next five minutes and just read this next verse over you for five minutes straight again and again, because how many of you know the word literally washes us? The Bible says that we are washed in the word. And I just, as I was praying over this word, Romans 8.1 was the first thing that jumps out to me. And it says, there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. And the therefore tells us that something pretty good came before that, right? We need to look at scripture holistically. And what happens in Romans 7 is really important. This is where Paul, Paul, the apostle Paul, tells us, I don't understand myself. I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I want to do. How many of you feel like that sometimes? I love that Paul is saying this because Paul is one of the fathers of the faith, right? He wrote like the majority of the New Testament. He's a hero. We look up to him. And even he is saying, I am still not getting this perfectly right. But he has this revelation of Jesus, the risen savior and the power of the cross. And that is why he says, there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. I remember I went through this season years ago where I was just dealing with sin in my life and it was like stuck to me and I couldn't get myself out and I couldn't get free. And I remember going to a mentor in my life and just crying and I was in ministry at the time and I remember saying to her like, should I get fired? Like, what do I do? I'm just stuck in sin and I can't get out and I like shouldn't be in ministry and I deserve some sort of punishment, right? And she looked me, she was a real sweet girl. She looked me dead in the face and goes, yeah, cause the cross doesn't cover this, right? The cross wasn't enough for this, right? And honestly, it made me feel like nauseous to my stomach. I was like, well, don't say that. Like, that's upsetting. And, but it was true. What she said was true. It was the revelation that I needed to hear. The shame that I was experiencing was actually me having a low view of the cross. And I wonder how often that is what happens in our heart, where the devil comes in, the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and lie. When we sin, when we fall, And he says, I can't believe you did that. And it causes us to believe that we're not worthy of the paid for work on the cross. And I wanna wanna look at John 19.30. The last words of Jesus on the cross change everything. He said, it is finished. And we know that these words were actually legal terms. This wasn't like, I ate a good meal and it's finished. It wasn't like, I took a good nap and it's finished. This is a legally binding term, what you would use in a court of law. This is Jesus saying, there was a cost and I've paid it all and this is done. This is finished. There's no question left. And as we, man, I wanna encourage you today that God wants to raise our view of the finished work of the cross where shame comes to write our story and say, I can't believe you did that. I get to point to the cross and say, I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he paid it all. And I want to just encourage you today. Man, as we were singing, the Lord was just wrecking my heart. The reckless love of God that never gets tired of chasing you down. 
There's no shame in that. In the, in the one that leaves the 99, he's not like, oh, I'm gonna go get you again. He's like, I'm gonna come get you again. I'm not upset with you. I'm gonna come after you every time. And I just believe today the Lord wants to remind someone that the word says that he sees the righteousness of Christ on you. When he looks at you, he doesn't see your sin or your shame. The word says that when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And the word says that you are his bride. And he sees his bride spotless and blameless. I've been in a lot of weddings. Like all of my friends have gotten married. I'm the kind of, I'm the 27 dresses girl. And every time my friends go to step down the aisle, I have this moment of, this is how you look before the Lord. Beautiful. No one's looking at you going like, well, I don't know. Beautiful, spotless, blameless. And I just believe today the Lord wants to come, wants to disarm shame and say, it is finished. You are mine. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. Okay, I want to try something. God is good. Hey, look at y'all all the time. Woo! Yes, yes, Lord, yes, He is. Okay, so my topic is building people and equipping leaders. Um, but I focus more on how God builds people, okay? And the Bible calls them glories, okay? 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with open face beholding as in a glass, a looking glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. One definition of glory is the height of prosperity or achievement or full expression. When a rose blooms, we can call that a rose in all its glory. Okay, I want to try something else. Hold up your hand. Turn your face. Pretend it's a mirror. Look at your mirror and say, I am the glory of the Lord. Won't that make you smile? Yes, it does. <laughs> it absolutely does. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, read the New Living Translation version of that, and I'm going to start in verse 16. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And what does it mean to turn to the Lord? It means that, um, like when the pastor says, uh, well, everything I, I know how, I'm going to live for you. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. When you're making the Lord the Lord of your life, um, people describe that moment as a light feeling. Like, a, um, it's, it's just... It feels like the weight has been left from your shoulders, right? And that's because it's hard to be the Lord of your life. I mean, bottom line, right? <laughs> but a light turns on and we start to see things differently. Um, and I'm going to continue to read. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. It's the idea that we mature into being like Jesus. Glory to glory to glory to glory. Okay. I'll give you an analogy. You ever look at your children, anybody who has children, nieces, and nephews, when they're babies, and you say, oh my gosh, you look just like your father. You look just like your mother. Well, actually, they don't. They look like babies. 
right? <laughs> but you can, see the, you can see the similarities. You can see the features, right? You can kind of see what they're going to look like, right? And then they grow up and they get older and you say, oh my gosh, you're just as beautiful as your mother. You look just like your daddy, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's surprising how much they look like. That's where we're going, y'all. That's where we're going. That's what we're trying to get to. And it starts with him loving you first, right? Of course, he loved you before you knew it, before you were born and all of that. But I'm talking about right now, when you make that decision, there is a period that I describe, right? It's just a lighter feeling. It's just a, things are going well for a little while. And then life sets in after a while. Um, Matthew 13 describes it like this. It's when Jesus was telling that parable of the sower sowing the seed, and some fell on good ground, some fell on thorny ground, some fell on rocks. Well, the person that it fell on good ground with, it's, the seed was the word, and the person that it fell on good ground is, is described as they heard it and they understood it. And that person was able to produce 30, 60, and 100 folk, right? Well, it's not like that person heard it and understood it one time. You don't go to kindergarten and you're done with school, right? You got to keep coming back. You got to keep going. You have to keep coming to church or you have to keep getting in the word or you got to keep going. And that person builds the faith, right? And builds, um, builds faith and gets to the place where they can produce 30, 60, and 100 folk, right? Um, this is a walk. Colossians 2, 6 says, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. It's not a sprint. It's not a run. Sometimes it's a crawl, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely a walk, okay? It's a slow thing, <laughs> and you build it by faith. Um, we also have given, been given everything we need to succeed in, in this. We can all produce 30, 60, or 100-fold because we've given everything we need to succeed. We have the seed, which is the word. We have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. We have forgiveness, which frees us from the weight of guilt. We have the fruit of the Spirit. We have the gifts of the Spirit. We have the armor of God. We have the Jesus peace. We have the peace of God. We have the way of escape. We have full safety. We have redemption. We have strength renewal. We have... All those things, and if that wasn't enough, we have the whole Holy Spirit on the inside of us. My friends, this is how the Lord builds his people. Glory to glory. Good morning, I'm Stephen. And I was asked to speak on being a joyful contributor. And I was trying to figure out what that meant, and it means no matter what happens in your life, be joyful. And um, a few weeks ago, Pastor Lindsay and I were talking, and she had asked me, she was looking for one more person to speak in five and five. And I said, well, what exactly are you looking for, Lindsay? And she says, an old guy. I go, okay, I think I can do that. All right, so here I am. <clears throat> So I think, I think young people can learn from older people, so here we are. So I was raised Baptist. Um, my mom was a prayer warrior. She prayed about everything. Um, she, she, knowing that I was a uh, car guy, she told me one time, she says, you know, I'm going to pray about buying a used car. And I said, do you think the creator of this universe cares about you buying a used car? And she says, yes. 
He wants to know everything about us. He wants to know what we're thinking, you know, what the things we like, the things we hate, um, the things that make us happy, the things that make us sad. So a few years after that, I'd gone away from the Baptist church because of the rules and the regulations. And I got married and we had a child and her name was Andrea. And she was um, born premature and she only lived for a few weeks. But I remember thinking about um, the song, um, How Great Thou Art. And I sing that over and over again, begging for her life. But she finally died and I remember, instead of being upset about that and sad, I remember thinking that I just had two angels in the room with me, and um, they just comforted me, and I just remember that was like the hardest time of my entire life. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So I was at a crossroad at that point. I could be mad at God, and I could just say, you know, I'm walking away from you. Or I can get close to God and get serious about my relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my wife and I divorced, and I started going back to church again. And um, the, the pastor had like said to us, or challenged us, to read our Bible in one year. So I, I took that challenge and I bought a Bible and I started reading and I started journaling and I've been doing that ever since. Yeah. So in 1991, I first met Jackie and we were on a ski bus trip going to Brian Head and I instantly fell in love with her. And I was trying to figure out how can I get this girl's attention? So I decided I'd get in the back of the bus, be loud and noisy and tell inappropriate jokes. And I was surprised to find out that that did not impress her. <laughs> so I finally got a chance to sit by her on the bus. And for some reason, I told her I was reading the Bible every day. Later, I found out that she was praying for a man that was serious about God and reading his Bible. But then she said, please, Lord, not this one. Not this one, please. <laughs> But I think God orchestrated our time together because six months later, we were married and we've been serving the church ever since. So a lot of times people think that God is a genie in a Bible, that if they rub the bottle or if they um, pray hard enough or they um, just keep looking for God, you know, that their prayers will be answered. But, you know, that's kind of like a... a a friend or a relative who just shows up, you know, when they need something. And um, it doesn't feel good, and God doesn't like that either. He wants to have a relationship with you, just like my mom talked about years ago. He wants to know everything about you. <clears throat> so I think that I have a lifetime verse um, I think everybody should have a verse. And if you don't have one, you can borrow mine until you get your own. But it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he shall direct thy paths. So recently, um, I had a heart attack, and we ended up in the hospital. And I remember laying on the table, and... They didn't put you totally under. You could still see and hear everything going on. 
and they started to go up into my artery, and you could actually see it on the screen, and you could hear them talking, and they went right into this heart with a wire. And I remember thinking, whatever happens today, I will still trust you and praise you. Yes. Yeah. 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 So good. And, the church at Avenue was praying for me, and Jackie and I felt those prayers, and I believe in the power of prayer. Amen. The takeaway is, don't let circumstances dictate your relationship with God. Always be a joyous contributor. Amen. So I'm here to say that I'm recovering, I'm doing well, and it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. Wait a minute. Do you, do you guys hear something? Do you hear something? That's God knocking at your heart. And, I'm, and I will tell you that if you let him in, he will change your life. Thank you so much. Uh, what's happening, church? My name is uh, Jeffrey, and I'd like to talk to you about how together we can resource a life change. I'd like to talk to you about a life that was changed. A young boy, for all intensive purposes, was happy and full of joy, hope, loved dearly by his family, a Hot Wheels pushing type of kid, no cares at all. Yeah. At Christmas, my mama and I would spend the holidays with my grandparents and other family. My grandmother was the patriarch of the family, and I was spoiled. Yeah. We were like two peas in a pod wanting to sneak and open presents, and we did. I remember at Christmas, I remember at, at, at Christmas, I asked my grandmother to um, extend my vacation so I could spend some more time with her, and it worked. Then later, it was decided against, and after some crying and pouting, and then came the airport, back to school. Yeah. Within a week, a call came, and there were screams and sounds I'd never heard my mother make. In an inviscerating moment, a life-changing tragedy had occurred. At my grandparents' house, where I was supposed to be, a burglary had occurred. My grandmother was the only person at home and she was brutally murdered. Every thought in my mind was suddenly broken, hopeless, and without care. I struggled to think if I just could have been there, I could have stopped it. I morphed into a violent thinker and doer, feeling someone owed me a life. I was full of rage and little compassion. Can I tell you, church, hurting people hurt people. Not knowing God had another plan for my life and had spared me for a purpose. Church, can I tell you, due to my own confusion, I left home for the streets at age 15. By age 17, I was arrested and I had 21 felony counts. 
there's too many details to explain my freedom from a physical prison today. Church, I've told you a, a little background about me to tell you this. Jesus saves. He's full of grace and mercy and hope. He died for whosoever will believe upon him. Jesus will never say it's too late. God is the answer to any problem that you think you may have. The Bible remind, reminds us in Matthew 5 that it rains on the just and the unjust. And Psalms 34, 18 states, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And in Revelation 3.20, he states, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone, say anyone, anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Church, I opened this door just like you can. And Jesus did exactly what he says. You see, he reached deep, he reached down in the muck and mire and stuck his hands into the den, the lion's den of deception and rescued my soul. That's who he is. You see, he loved me fully in my mess. And because of this great love, the Bible says in John 14, we love because he first loved us. And out of this great love transaction in 1 John 4.13, this is how we know we live in him and he lives in us. He has given us his spirit. And because of the spirit that's on us and in us, we are called for good works. We care for the things our God cares about. In Isaiah 64 and 8, the verse states, and yet, O Lord, we are the clay, you are the potter. We all, say all, all are formed by your hands. And because of this, we are the hands and feet called by your purpose, full of potential, and have a heart for all, say all, all people. In Jeremiah 17, 7, it states, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. Church, our church is rooted in making the Lord our hope and our confidence and watering these seeds of potential placed in us by God through his spirit. You see, just like God has hidden precious gems and minerals in the earth's soil, so has he in the soil of your heart. I say our church is good soil. Let's be family. Let's discover God's gifts. Let's be his hands and feet of love to all, say all, all people. Church, my life has been changed. Your life has been changed. I believe together we can resource life change for the city and the world. Let's tap in. My goodness, will everyone stand with me, please, as we, I want to pray over you. And man, we are extremely, we are so proud of these five. We give it up one more time for these five today. 
And I just love it. We, we really do, um, man, we really do build and equip leaders. Leaders that are, you know, still in school. Leaders that are seasoned. This guy, seasoned, seasoned leaders. Man, leaders from every walk of life. And man, we're just so honored. So guys, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your study. Also, thank you for trusting the Lord in, that de- in your delivery. Amen. So huge. It's so huge. But I also know, too, if just do me a favor, we just bow our heads, close your eyes for just a moment. Because I know that I know that I got something out of every single one of these messages today. And church, I want you to know they, they were preaching on our, on our core values as a church. And one of them being Jesus is first. When we place him first, all these things are added unto us. And I know God's word is living and it's active and it's a powerful word. And I know the power of the Holy Spirit was speaking to us, who's speaking to you today, speaking to our online audience, wherever you're watching from. I know we got people from Texas, Thailand, all across the world watching us today. And I know there's words that were spoken today of, of we, don't, we, don't, we don't fix people. We just tell them about the good news of Jesus Christ. Words of, we, I love that, that shame is, shame is illegal at Avenue Church. If we disarm the power of shame, that there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ, but that the glory of the Lord continually lifts us up. God never puts us down. And I just love every single message that was spoken today. That we resource life change, that we are joyful contributors. I even love Steve and Jeff. Kind of the dual meeting of just trusting God. Just trust him. Do we trust him with our lives? Do I trust Jesus with my salvation? Do I trust that he has hope for my life, a plan for my life? So just with every head bowed, every eye closed today. I just want to encourage you. Will you give your life to Jesus? Maybe something hit your heart. That's the Holy Spirit. There's no manipulation. There's no arm twisting here. But if you're here today, and maybe you came here and you felt like it was an accident or you had no idea you showed up, or maybe you intentionally came here today, say, I, I got to hear from God. And you heard his voice today. Maybe you heard his voice through his word, his living word. Maybe you heard his voice through one of our communicators today. Maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now. If that's you in this room, we'll, we'll never embarrass you. We'll never call you out. But man, we would love to see, me and this five on this stage, we would simply love to see who we're praying for today. And if that's you today and you say, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to recommit my life to Jesus. You know what recommitment means? It is setting a flame again. Is setting it on fire again, my commitment to Jesus. That's you. Just put a hand up and keep it up. And we want to pray with you just real quick. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just put a hand up. Just put a hand up. Just keep it up for me today. And I hope our five and five see this as well. This is why we do what we do every single, every single Sunday. Is that, man, while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Nobody's better than anybody in this room. But while we were living in darkness, Jesus pulled us into the light. He doesn't make bad people good. 
Man, he changes people. He pulls us from darkness and into his light. So with every, every single voice, I want you to raise your voice with me today. Let's all pray a prayer together today. I want you to say, dear Jesus, come on, everybody lift your voice. Say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying the penalty of my sins. So today, I repent, with my, I repent of my sins. Say, be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to trust you. The best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Because I now know who I am. I am saved. I am redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody, lift your voice. Come on, worship team as well. Come on, let's praise them today.